Hi friends, I am Erin from Erin Whalen Online, and this is a podcast about my family's homesteading journey. From an urban farm in Washington State to 120 acres in Tennessee, this is our journey of how we got to where we are and how we're building our homestead from the ground up. Thanks for being here. Hello friends, I have a very special guest on with me today. Um, I know you're super excited about it. Actually, you have no idea who I'm about ready to bring on, but I am bringing on my husband, Travis. Say hello, Travis. Hello. You're going to have to lean forward next time because people can't hear you from that far away. Okay, so what we are, I shared on Instagram and I have hinted hard on here that we are doing something with our property. And so what we were originally going to do when we first moved in was we were going to get the foundation fixed and then we were going to do a full reno on our bathroom and a partial reno on our kitchen depending on the budget with the bathroom well we have had time to think these past it's been almost will it be almost three months yeah we moved in on april 11th okay so almost three months um can you talk a little bit louder there you go um so we, in this time, and because we have not been able to get our foundation fixed, even though now we do have someone who's doing it, we are scheduling it, it is finally official, thank goodness. Um, but this has given us time to think, which I, I think we're both glad about, because we've decided that we really want to make our income from our property, which I know I discussed last time on the podcast. We have 120 acres. I feel like if we put on our thinking caps, we can figure out how to um, make our make our livelihood off of the land. And if you guys hear the baby um, chicks in the background, those are our guineas. They, this is the last time you're going to hear them because they are going to be out um, tomorrow because we are finishing up the outdoor chicken coop. We have busted our butts. Travis has worked on that all day long. And um, so anyhow, sorry about them in the background. So I'm going to let Travis say, we really, we decided we wanted to be able to make money off our property and we were thinking about the different ways to do it and just like ways to bring in an income fairly quickly to where it was a quick turnaround and we were bringing in something that was pretty consistent um monthly not like with the blogging what i do i have big months and i have little months and we wanted we want cash flow from different avenues and anyhow i'm rambling now so travis is going to tell you the big exciting news, and then we're gonna kind of go why we chose this route. So, Travis, what are we plan? We hope to have it done by October, but what are we planning to do right now? We're gonna create a tiny home Airbnb. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna do an Airbnb. So, so Travis really hit the nail on the head when we were just kind of explaining how we want to do this. We could have either put the money into our bathroom and kitchen and had a wonderful bathroom and kitchen, but there really was no. There was no payback for that. There was no like return on investment. Return on investment. Um, but if we take that money right now and we invest it into the Airbnb with hopes, and we have done like some um, study work and and how this area is and if it would be sustainable, which I can talk about that in a little bit. But what were you saying about the money and and how to use it and it would be gone anyhow? Like what was it you were saying? Well, through. All the years and all the books and all the self-help and investment things I have read and uh, smart people use money to make money, right? So if someone gives you $50,000 and you just go buy a truck, you got a cool truck, right? You can drive around your cool truck and have a cool truck life or whatever. But if you took $50,000 
and you put it into a CD or mutual market account or invest in some sort of business, right? Well, if you can make that return of $1,000 a month or $2,000 a month, you just wait two years, you still have your $50,000 investment and $50,000 more and you just keep making more money. So what we're trying to do is make our money work for us instead of just being surrounded by nicer things that are <laughs> things that already work. Exactly. So it was just more of a, uh, what can we do with this money to make it back instead of just spend it? Because gosh dang it, money goes so fast. Like we came down here with what we felt like was a decent amount to be able to do the things we wanted to. Well, the air conditioning, I, I never even shared the price. I think people are going to like be, I think you're going to think we got taken, but like how many estimates did we get on the air conditioning? We got four. Yeah, we got four and they were all within 3,000 of each other. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's different than when you live in the Pacific Northwest because you can have a 3,600-square-foot house up there and have a two- or three-ton air conditioner, and it's just fine. But down here in the south, when it's over 100 degrees for four months of the year, I mean, we're putting a four-ton for the downstairs <laughs> and a two-and-a-half-ton for the upstairs. And you a, have to always have mini, two different ones uh, for a, different floors. A mini split going for the addition. And even at that, the guy was still kind of nervous that they'd be working too hard because our house doesn't have the greatest insulation at this moment. Which we're going to fix. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But but he was he was not well, like he didn't say it's not going right. to work. Like it's going no, no, to no, work. No, yeah. They just like down here, you, you try to overkill. So <laughs> so Travis, are always going to be running. How much? Not all the time. Not from like. But I mean, so it's it's air conditioning and heat. Yes. So it's both of them, and it's all the ductwork and everything because, and, and the electrical because yeah. it's like a brand new build basically, except harder because we're in a hundred year old house. And how much did this air conditioning system cost us, Travis? Just a little shy of thirty thousand. Thirty thousand dollars. And how much did we originally think it was going to be? Well, simple math would be uh, air conditioning standalone three ton units about three grand. So you figure insulation for. Ductwork, if you have no idea how much it costs for ductwork, you think, I don't know, five or six grand. So we were thinking probably around like, Travis 15, was thinking 15. 15 and yeah. Travis always like is the, he overestimates and I under. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. so I was thinking like, ah, oh, 10, 12. Travis was like 15. He even, you even threw out 20. At, but I don't even think you believed that, the 20. And then when they came in at 30, we're like, we're going to get, this is, we're getting taken. Like, absolutely no. And so we got all the different estimates and, and even when he was talking to the people at his work, they all said that was about standard. Um, yeah. So anyhow, but we are going to put air conditioning in the in the Airbnb as well. So let's talk more about that. So we were just kind of thinking of ways to – actually, it started with our friends were going to come down here, and they were going to visit us, and they were looking at Airbnbs in the area. And they were like, okay, we're going to go to book one. Well, they went back, and all the Airbnbs were booked. And even we had the experience where when we knew that this house, we couldn't sign on it when we were going to, we went to the lady opened up her Airbnb specifically for us because she had the dates closed. And Travis, within how many minutes was it booked before we could even get there? Like 15. I think it was like five. Like she texted me and I messaged or I, and I jumped on there. It might have been between five and 15 minutes and it was already booked. Yeah. Like that's wild. And just for... The Friday, Saturday, because she was going to open up the next week that was already closed if we needed to continue. We didn't know how many days we were going to be pushed off for it. And someone just literally booked two days in the middle of our booking because we could have booked Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. 
whoever this person was literally just fought their way and booked for two days. Yeah, it was. And even the lady said, she's like, it was so bizarre. But we've really done our research here. And one of the reasons that we think would be awesome is, so we have done a lot of reconnaissance. And we have the college here. And there's a lot of people come in to check out the college. There's like parents days and events and things where people travel here. So there's a lot of stuff going on at the college, which even when I talked with the county assessor, Travis and I both went to talk to the county assessor. Um, he said that the college is a really big deal. What? He's the code administrator. He's not an assessor. Oh, I thought that was his job too. No? No, that's the other. That's that gal that we didn't meet. Oh, Okay. So, but he would do, he's the one who comes in and does He the, does all the permitting. The and permitting, the inspecting. okay. He's the code official. Okay, so he's the code official. Anyhow, he was saying that it was very smart to do Airbnbs and that they were um, pretty lucrative in this area, which if he's going to say that, and this is kind of his job, like obviously he knows what he's talking about. Um, and then we also have a wedding facility that's not very far away from us. Oh, what's the wedding facility called? I don't remember. I forget. But they have like, it's like an older plantation house. It's beautiful. They have a creek a, or a pond. They have a beautiful red. It, it's it's stunning, like yeah, immaculate. That's all cool and everything. We also have one of the largest gun ranges in the nation. Travis is so. very excited about the gun ranges here. I suppose That'll people would travel for that too. Oh yeah. You think so? Oh yeah. I didn't even think about that. Anyhow, there's a lot. So there is a lot of things around. And there's Chickasaw State Park, which mm. is within 20 minutes of where we live. I don't want to say our address on here because like, that's weird. Yeah, Yeah, don't say that. (laughs) Um, But anyhow, there is a lot of things going. Like as much as I think everyone thinks we live very, very rural, we're within the range of a lot of different things. Yeah. I kind of feel like all of Tennessee is just rural. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, Travis is from Seattle, so I don't know if his opinion actually counts. No, it totally does. Um, But there's a lot of cool things, right? There's a lot of cool things within this area, yeah. And so you also think, like, I tell people, I'm not sorry about the noise in the background. That is the, the guineas. They act like they're killing each other. Um, tell people I didn't, like, try to strong arm you into this. Like, this was a mutual decision that we decided, like, you no, yeah. you're in I it mean, too. In the end, it adds value to our property. And yeah. if, honestly, even if it was a total flop and no one ever came to our Airbnb, we still have a place for all of our friends and family to come stay. I go somewhere yes. when, you know, you're mad at me. Or, oh, my you know. stop that. <laughs> um, so that was another thing that I forgot to mention is we do have, we want all of our family and friends to come and visit us. And we want a place to have them. And because our house right now is like pretty much going to be a construction zone for like what, the next two years? <laughs> it really, yeah. It, it It's it's overwhelming. Like the the amount of stuff we want to do yeah and And we only have one bathroom so it's like i want people to come and enjoy themselves and not just feel super awkward and so this gives them the privacy that they have their own place they can enjoy coffee they can you know have their morning and their moments and they can meander on down and i'll make them breakfast and we'll all hang out so and obviously we're not charging our friends like i'm not going to make them book on airbnb charging them double (laughs) (laughs) um so anyhow we're so excited about it and so travis we tell them about the building and kind of what we're thinking we're not going to we're having it's called a pre, a prefab yes yeah it's not like a mobile home or anything it's actually just like a overbuilt shed that we will convert so it's just a shell but what the the top is not the top is it's kind of like an old barn top what's it's that a, it's a lofted a lofted so what we're gonna do is we're gonna have it sleep six is what we hope we're gonna have a master bedroom a living room kitchen bathroom on the bottom floor and then we're going to have a loft in the front a loft in the back that's going to be able to the front will sleep two extras like two kids and then if you wanted there's going to be an additional loft we think this is all just like we're all just 
playing right it's now. Hopes and dreams. It, it's not. Yes, it is hopes and dreams. We actually contacted someone today to. We have to clear the land, stake everything out, and then we get this gentleman to come out. Yes. Then the permit code officer will come and tell us if the land is approved, and then a second person would have to come and survey for a septic field. So that's the biggest cost besides the building, I would say, yes. is the septic. We talked when we had the well person over here. We talked about if our well could sustain another building, and they said that they could. They said we have to run more piping over there, um, another line. Our electrical, we think we can run off the garage to the building, so we think we've got that. So the biggest thing would be the septic and the building. And the building is going to come framed but not we're going to do the guts like we're going to do the yeah, it's just the outer shell it's just the outer shell and not and, even completed because we're still going to have to put a deck on it and... yeah we're going to do deck off the front it's going to be so cute and we're going to follow <laughs> we're going to share all of the details on here i'll probably have travis jump back in again i'm going to keep him on here for the rest of this episode because i'm kind of fuzzy with some of the stuff that happened after we um said yes to the house after we had the home inspection but anyhow so that's our news is we're doing a airbnb um i've been researching reading all the books doing all the things travis and me have been talking about it every night it's been something very exciting <laughs> those birds they are wild they're pretty intense <laughs> okay so now we're getting back into thank you for listening to that for the first that was a long time that was like half of the episode so but there's not i don't think too much to cover today um so we how were, how were you feeling since I have you here after like the night where I kind of had my panic attack when we were in the hotel room in Nashville and we were like, should we give the yes? Should we give the no? Like, what were your feelings that night? Were you just waiting on my feelings or did you have your own feelings? I feel like when we walk the property, uh, we, we love the property. Yes. The property is key. Like, that's what hooked us in. Um. I think the house presented very well in a two hours of, of looking at it. <laughs> and then when we got to Nashville and we were going to try to find dinner or something, I think just all the emotions of everything just kind of hit all at once. Like, are we really going to leave our family? Are we really yeah. going to move across the country? Or am I really going to try to step away from a job that I've been working at for almost 19 years and hope that they'll transfer me? And it was just like... It felt over, very real. Overwhelming amount of things that would have to go the right way. And just yeah. like, could this really happen? And, you know, we'd prayed about it a lot and thought about it a lot. And, but not that when you think and do that kind of stuff is not the same as actually putting it into action. So it was like, we're on the edge of, are we putting all this into action or are we going to. But do you ever feel like there was a time after we looked at the house that we would say no? I felt <laughs> like there was never a time that you were going to say no at all. <laughs> Well, what but, about you? Did you have... Um, I I never thought I'd say no. I thought that maybe it was just like a little farther out of our budget than we wanted. and But things in the country were changing so fast and the values of everything were changing so fast. And yes, values were I don't know crazy. if you told this to them before, but a few years earlier we were thinking about moving to Texas. Yeah, I did mention that. But and we the saw the prices we just thought like, about that, yeah. everyone in California thought about that. <laughs> And so the houses we were looking at for like 160,000 yeah. were 500,000. It was wild. Like within 4 months. It was crazy like, to watch yeah. on Zillow to see the like yeah. cuz cuz we had we had been looking before the pandemic. So it was Oh, wait, yeah, way before. Yeah, so it was crazy to see the difference yeah. like in real time. It was 
back then when we were thinking about it, it was like a necessity to get a transfer. And then it would just be for the relocation fund, not for investment fund. And it, then all of a sudden it was just chaos. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I don't know why everyone started bailing out of California before the pandemic, but <laughs> it happened pretty fast. And then, yeah, the values of everything that we were looking at definitely changed quite a bit. Yes. So not that we were panicked, but I think we just, and, and the properties went quick. Like even here, they were still going also, quick. Yeah. So so if you didn't jump, especially when they lowered the price, because they lowered the price by what on this one? I, th- I think I it said like It started at four. Something four seventy nine, and then it just like kept falling. And our real estate agent actually was like had her eye on this one too for an investment yeah. opportunity. But we all had this imaginary number that if it ever actually hit that number, we jump on it. And so she actually she showed it to us, but it was kind of well. I found it on Zillow originally at the original price, right? And we thought it was cool, and then it was out of our budget, right? I don't think we ever even approached on it because it was like yeah, it wasn't. No. An, for what we wanted to do with the available funds that we were going to have, it just didn't seem like it made sense. So when it did its last price drop, she brought it to our attention and we had already seen it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and another thing that I've learned being here now and talking to people and stuff, people out here don't really get rid of like family homes. They don't. They, they don't, add on. You know, they put. Right? They build if, another home. If you have a hundred and something acres in Tennessee and it's been your family's house for, you know, a hundred plus years... There are not a lot of people here that are willing to move or sell or, you know, there's always someone in the family that's willing to take it on. So it is really kind of a rarity to find an older home like what we were looking for. Yeah, unless it's just like was abandoned and then somebody bought it for a complete flip and they gutted the whole thing. And then it's just like a brand new house. So kind of what's the point? But it (laughs) it is. it's, It's definitely different meeting people and everything down here. There's a lot of like rooted in family values and you know, not a lot of people are just like, yeah, let's just sell grandma's house. Which our realtor, <laughs> like, our realtor did tell her, us that, that she said it's, they don't come on the market very often. Right. And when they do, they go pretty fast. And, or if someone is doing, they usually subdivide it to like five acre parcels. Cause that's how yeah. you make your best money. And then either the original house just gets torn down and everything is sold as individualized parcels. Which they were going to do that with this house. I don't know if I share that or not, but if yeah. we didn't buy this house, what were they going to do? That that was their intent. They were going to harvest out all of the trees that were left, probably gonna... tear the house down. You think they're going to tear the house I, down I, too? I think they were because they didn't want to invest the money in to get it to... Well, as you're going to find out, not many banks wanted to loan on this house. <laughs> to code, yeah. And then... Uh, because yeah, no one's no one was gonna come in for an all cash offer just on the home. Like the acreage is yeah what it was for, but yeah, they were gonna split it into either ten or twenty acre parcels and sell them all. Which our neighbor was Mr. Kevin was so excited. Like the first he question, was very nervous it was gonna. Yeah, happen. what did he ask you the first time he like met you? Was he asked me what my intentions were for the property, and I just stood there for a second. I was like, I don't understand what you mean by that. My intentions for the property, and I was like, I don't know, live on it. <laughs> and he just started smiling. I was like. He, I think he was asking because he was going to buy a if large If we were going to sell it, he right. wanted to buy it. And I was like, uh, I think my response was, live on 120 acres till I die. And then he just had a big smile on his face and shook my hand. That was, And then we never and talked then, about it again. And then we've been but, friends with him ever yeah. since. So they just wanted to know. I think a lot of people out here, they, they, they like their privacy, which like that's one of the reasons we moved out here. They didn't want us to parcel it out and have like a neighborhood down like a a neighborhood down the road. Right. <laughs> they didn't want that. So, um, Which there are a few 
on the way in that somebody did do that. They yes. sold the side of their field or whatever. And planted like six, like it's fields and fields and yeah. houses. And then all of a sudden there's six houses in a row. And they're nice houses. They're not like. Yeah, no, they are. No, they're real like stick built, like real but, houses. But, but I wouldn't, that's not what I moved out here for. No. So I, I would understand how some people are averse to that. But if you're looking for a quick buck, you could sell here and do that. There's yeah. enough. Oh, yeah. There's enough people out here that want to move out here. Um, okay, so we, so that was your feelings on, you were scared, but but we decided collectively together to go forward. We did, yes. Yep. 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 I think that night in the hotel, we were just like, we're going to do it. Like, yeah. This is, this is where we feel like we're being drawn to, so. Even though I don't think I texted Heather until we were like in the airport the next day, because like texting, it just made it feel super real, and I just, I, <laughs> I waited and waited. But we flew back, and so the first thing we did when we got back was we had to clear the subject system at our house, because unlike here in... Um, Tennessee, where we didn't have to get the septic cleared. Well, we didn't have to here because we purchased this house. Oh, we as purchased it as is. That makes a difference. Which I don't think they allow you to do in Washington the same, unless it's an all cash offer. But here, you can you can list your houses as is, and then it's just on you. But then also, you have to find a bank who's willing to take that on. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we did the septic, and then Travis researched a lot for the moving company because we had a lot of stuff. We were we liquidated more than I even thought we would. Travis, he knew we were going to have well, to. In retrospect, I probably would have went with a bigger trailer. But we couldn't have. Was that was no, the thing that so we used? The thing with UPAC is. So we use a company called UPAC. Yes. Just U- UPAC. UPAC is their their like residential side, but they're also called ABF Freight. It's oh, it's the it, same it, thing. It's a freight company. Oh, okay. So they they only have twenty eight foot trucks. And I'm, this is just me assuming off the internet from what I read. But what they do, so if you needed more than a 28-foot truck, you just get more of another truck. So they'll drop like two trailers at your house. And what they do is they reduce for what you don't use. So if you fill the whole first 28-foot trailer, because you have to leave a foot at the end for the ramp, so you get 27 feet. And then say you need like 10, 15, 20 more feet. You just keep paying by the foot for the next trailer. Then they put up a barrier between it, and then they can put other freights going the same way that you're going. They just use the other part of the trailer for something else. But it's not like Atlas or one of those other ones where they just have a giant like 56-foot trailer and they put your whole house in it. But we we did think that the trailer, when we signed up, and, and we thought it was big enough, but it... <laughs> When you try to pack a 3,200 square foot okay, house. Okay, but we decided, too, that we probably could have put more in there, but we weren't organized enough when everyone came over. Everyone was literally throwing things at Travis while he was in the trailer, and we weren't able to stack it probably as well as we could have up to the ceiling. Yes. Yeah? There, from the time that we were sitting in that hotel room saying yes to ourselves so quick. to the time where we were packing that trailer, we had no prep. Like, we did not prep. I don't know if it was just we weren't. It was like surreal. Like it didn't feel like it was really happening. Well, I I or, wait till the last minute on everything, so you can totally throw yeah, me under the bus here. Erin <laughs> wanted her home to remain exactly the same until the last moment. Which, I had a party. I want. I didn't want to pack yeah, anything till after the party. <laughs> I was very 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 nervous. And <clears throat> had we made a better plan and squared off things better, yes. Or if we'd, like, taken apart furniture. We did pack some. It wasn't like people came over that no. day and, like, I mean, I had boxes and boxes yeah. and boxes in the garage. We had packed some stuff. But I think larger things, like the yeah. desk that I had built, had we just taken that apart, it would have Probably stacked in there easily. In there. Yeah. And, you know, there was, I left, like, 
Oh my gosh, you have so many tools. A bunch of other tools and a bunch of stuff that like, there was tons of room for it. We just didn't have time. Well, because when they drop the trailer off, how long do you get it for? Uh, It's, how how did that work? It's three days. But then the weekend didn't count and they dropped it off on Thursday or Friday? Wednesday. They dropped off oh Wednesday, so they so picked up on Monday. Three full days, and if you yeah, if you do it right, <laughs> you get the addition of the weekend, which honestly for us was useless because it had already been packed so much by everybody. Unless we were going to take everything back out, which of the trailer, we did arrange the back a little bit. Like after people we left, did we did some, rearrange some stuff. And it wasn't because our, our people weren't you know they were no so everyone helpful, was so but, good, but it was more we were kind of panicked. I didn't have a plan, and everything just came out. And there was some stuff that we didn't want to take that ended up in there, and then stuff oh, that we there was. really wanted to take that just didn't like make there was the things I should have gone through, and <laughs> yeah. I should have placed like stickers on things and say if can fit or must go, so people knew priorities of items. Like I should have gone around to furniture and things that you can't put in a box and put priorities on it, well, so that they could sit it all on the lawn and they could see which ones could fit first. Well, mid March in Spokane, it's like you're having a yard sale to get. Thin, yeah, it's thin it out exactly. It was cold, and then also we didn't pack everything in because after everyone left, we had the piano movers come, and we had to yeah. make sure we had enough room because I was taking my piano with me. My piano came from it was South Dakota, I think, from my great great who, who aunt Agnes, it and it came, went all the way to Spokane and Springdale with my grandma, then to us in Spokane, and now over here. <laughs> and so it, it came back, and so I had to have my piano. Like I love it, and so we went. We went so far. They put the piano in, and then we packed, like, just us as a family packed around the piano. We did. Yep. I mean, we did the best we... We got... Don't, don't get me wrong. We brought a lot of stuff, but... A lot, yeah. Uh, had I known what we could have done, uh, I probably would have just rented more trailer, because we probably could have got another 27-foot trailer for, like... $2,500 more. How much was the UPAC that we paid? And they, so the nice thing about UPAC was you paid before and they didn't ask for another dime the whole time. It wasn't like, oh, prices change when you got here and you owe us another grand. No, that's how they do it. When you lock it in and pay it, that's it's locked in. So that's why if you know it, like way out in advance, it's obviously better to lock it and in. And we locked in before prices, prices of fuel went crazy. Skyrocketed about like right when we were leaving how much more did she say if we had booked a week later how much more would it have been for the booking oh i never called and talked to her about how much more the booking would have been oh i thought she i thought you guys had talked about how if you waited longer no she pre-warned me that it goes by it's driven mainly by fuel prices uh so that it, it's just a big factor sure but we didn't know until i think they dropped off the trailer that they weren't just putting on the back of a semi and driving it across it go it went on a train yeah, well, yeah, that's how all the... But we didn't know that. Like, we weren't... Or I didn't know long that. Long-distance freight is normally moved by train. And so they told us to be very careful when we pack things because it the was the, swaying back and the forth. friction of the swaying yeah. back and forth. And it did. It, like... It broke some stuff. It, but honestly, I feel like most things traveled fairly well. Oh, yeah. Way less than I thought. Yeah, not near as many things. Like, I mean, just... The stuff that broke was because we overloaded... Things. Yes, for sure. And then there was rubbing, like the like my homeschool chairs were sitting on downstairs. Like they were rubbed in a few but spots. We didn't, so we didn't take the time to wrap them in plastic. It was our fault. Yeah, like, it was our fault. When you watch the you pack video, it's very very specific on how you pack things, and if you do it that way, I guarantee you you wouldn't have any damage. But for us, just throwing crap in and <laughs> yeah. praying, like I feel like it, we did really really. 
mean, the Peloton made it, people. And I think the Peloton that made it. The only thing and the screen didn't it. break. I was so afraid. I think I left it with the, the bubble wrap over the screen for like a month because I was so afraid <laughs> to do it. But it were and honestly, okay, we have crappy internet, but my Peloton app always works on the TV, on the bike. It always works. It's weird, is it not? The internet's rigged. <laughs> it is bizarre. It's like you will work out. Um, okay, so you figured that out after we got home. You worked on the UPAC. We scheduled that. And things were clipping along, right? Like, yeah. they, so there's so many e-signs. Like, I don't even know how many emails of e-sign this and e-sign that. And we were working with our loan company. We had to e-sign this. And we had to get the paperwork. So, basically, it was, like, paperwork costly. We need W-2s. We need what? They just need everything. I mean, it's just the basic stuff that you need. Yeah. Pay stubs. Yeah, pay stubs back and forth. And so we were working with a lending agency a ton. And then we were having things to sign for our house. We were having things fine for this house. I swear to you, every day. And if you missed one, someone would send you a text or another email saying, please sign this. And I'd have to ask Travis. Travis, did you sign this? Um, and so there was just a lot of that while we were still continually packing, getting ready to move. So if we're looking at timelines, we said – Yes to the house on February 22nd. I'm going to flip my calendar if you hear that here. And so we had the UPAC drop off on what day? On March 17th. March 17th, the UPAC dropped off. So that was like basically 17 days. I mean, a little bit longer than that to pack the whole entire house, our whole life. Like you're moving from one state to the other. It's not like when we packed with our other two houses, you put it on flatbeds and you go back and forth and you put it in your car and you go back and forth. This is not, this is so much different because it's going to be packed in the trailer for, I mean, how long was it in the trailer from when we packed it to when we saw it here? Three weeks. Yeah, about three weeks. Well, uh, maybe four. Well, and they were, we were possibly going to have to have it stored at UPAC. And how much did they say they charged a day for storage? $250 a day. So $250 a day because we weren't sure if we would have our house and they... Which they were more than happy to store oh, for of us. Of course they were. <laughs> um, and, but the lady here, so what happened was our loan got dropped by our first loan company and that happened on what day, Travis? I think it happened like around... It was a Friday, so I think it was the 18th. No, it was before UPAC dropped off. It was like the week before, I think. Because when we were packing, we didn't even know if we had the house. So I think You're right. it was. So it was the, the 11th. Yes, it was the 11th. And so our loan officer called us. It was us. in the too late to cancel the UPAC. Yes, we are. So we were already committed. No, well, you can cancel up to the day of. They just charge you a fee. Of course, everyone charges you a fee. So everything's clipping along good. Everything's well. And we have the appraisal coming in. And everyone told us, the, the loan company, everyone, the appraisal is no big deal. The appraisal is going to come through fine. The property and everything is worth more than what you're even paying. Everything's good, right? Like the appraisal was not something either of us were concerned about, correct? Yeah, in Tennessee, they go by a rule of $2,500 an acre is what the worth is. So you do 120 acres by 2500 bucks. And we like, were putting half down. Yeah. So like there's no reason yeah. that no one no one saw this coming at all. But the, the appraisal guy, which I want to say, <laughs> it's crazy to me that so much rides on an appraisal. Like, it's just mind-blowing. Travis's mother is actually an appraiser. She is. She's a good one. Um, and she got our house right. Like, she she told us what our house to appraise for, and it was, like, right there. It was to the dollar, pretty yeah, much. Pretty yeah, pretty much. Um, so the appraisal is not a thing. So we went, Travis is about done here. We got to be done. We got to wrap it up. No, you're, you're fine. The, I guess, in retrospect, when you're moving and you have all these expenses <laughs> and all these things going on, right, um, get the appraisal first. Like if you if you know the house, but can you do that? Yeah, you can you can order the appraisal 
the moment that you're done with the offers, like you can order the appraisal right away. And we kind of drug our feet. Because we, we wanted certain things to, we wanted our appraisal at our Pangolin home to go through right. good. We wanted certain we things to go through. We were waiting on our current home to just be 100% closed. Yes. Because if something bad happened, we still had the ability to back out and just lose our earnest money, which, you know, is the, not the right way to do things. But had we ordered the appraisal, boom, right away, first day, we would have known this information way before. And so, then we could have easily, we could have, we could have more time to prepare for a plan. Instead of literally driving across the country, sobbing in my car, because we <laughs> didn't know if we were going to have a house when we got here. So the appraisal guy came and appraised our house. And I, I swear to you, I, I think it was because we were out of state. I think he saw, like, and I don't know, you can't prove this, but I think he saw an outsider coming to Tennessee and he was like, I don't think appraisers know that. I, they can't see your address. No. I, are no, you no, sure? No, the loan company orders the appraisal. I think they have a oh, layer okay. of protection in there. Well, either way, everyone was ticked at this guy because he came in and we already had the um, the house inspector Is say the house inspection? was good. Yep. And he came in, the appraiser, and he said that he had questions about our home being structurally sound and that he said we should get a structural engineer in, which blew everyone's minds because appraisers shouldn't ask for those kind of things is what I understood. Well, not only did he do the appraisal and put like just some subjective, like, I don't think this or I don't think that. Like but his opinion. he also split the appraisal and appraised the property and the home separate. Which was not supposed to happen. Which doesn't normally happen. And he was having a bad day. Because of the way he did it, the value of the property was basically more than... The val- more than our purchase price. Let's put it that way. So in when you're just buying rural property and the home has no value, if you're an insurance company, like how would you insure a house that has no value? Yeah. <laughs> Which isn't true. The house ha- has value. It does. He was have- He was but not a nice guy. The way that that appraisal was done, <laughs> it just it put a halt to everything. Because the loan company that we're using, they don't do rural loans. And they don't do just a land loan without, yeah. the, without the structure. And so every way that they were trying to look at it, there was no way to make it happen. So our loan officer called us on Friday the 11th, and she was so kind, but she said, listen, I have bad news, but I also have good news, so just hear me out. And so Trav- I put her on speaker, and Travis and I were driving the kids back from Awana or something. And, um, <laughs> and she said, we're dropping your loan. And after that, you can't think of really how could there be any kind of good news? And so she kind of explained what had happened with the appraisal and how no one saw that coming and how she was ticked because she was also losing this loan and she was losing her commission and she was losing everything else. And she tried to go up to the the above heads and talk to people and try to fix it. But the company said that this was a risk. It wasn't a viable loan for them because of how the guy split it up and they would not take our loan. So our loan was dropped. We were selling our house. We had to move out. UPAC was done. All the boxes were checked. We were leaving, but we didn't have anyone to loan on our property. So then she said that she had a friend who worked in, it's just, what is our loan company even called? It's Rural First. It's a rural. It's First Rural. It's Farm Midland Credit is, I think, the actual name. So it's a rural loan. I can't say that word. It's a rural loan company, and they loan on things like our property. This is what they loan on. They loan on big acreage with older homes. Yes. So she transferred us to this lady. Now, 
It would have been great, except that this lady, I don't want to speak badly of anyone, but even our realtor was like, our loan officer was so amazing. She was, she we could text her, call her, whatever. At any point in time, she would call, she would answer, she would talk to us. Within 10 minutes, she always called us back. Well, this new loan person did not. It's like she took on her loan, but then left for vacation. And like, we're talking like, from when we were driving to when we were supposed to be in this house, there was like nine days, right? So if you're taking a seven or eight day vacation, like, and you didn't kick it to anyone else in the office, so it was just sitting on your desk and you left. Yeah, and we couldn't, like, so our realtor actually had to call the higher ups in the loan company and say, listen, this lady is not assisting us with our loan and this is not okay and my customers are waiting on her. She, so they, we had most everything signed and everything done. So Kaylee put all of our information that she had gathered from us and sent it to this lady. So she basically just had to connect the dots and fund our loan. Oh well, yeah, because the loan we already had rates locked and everything. The loan was done, and then our rates got unlocked. And how much more was our our rate now well, versus we, what it was before? When we locked in the rate, it was at like four and a quarter, and now we're at five point six, which is not as bad as it is now out there. But still, that was um, or five point two. Sorry, it was at least it was a more than hundred dollars more a month. Oh yeah, for it was yes. like two hundred forty more a month. Yeah. It's it sucked like a lot, not just a little, but a lot. Um, and so anyhow, so we just there was so much non communication that our realtor was she was up nights like trying to figure everything out. We were freaking out. We were trying to call the office. We were trying to get a hold of anyone, and it was just always kicked a voicemail. Finally, when our realtor called the higher ups, things started moving, and they they kind of put it to her assistant or whatever, and and he talked to us quite a bit. And was asking for information and was talking to you quite a bit. Yeah, once once the main guy got involved, it was all done like in a day. Well, okay, but here's the thing though. That... We were here at that red Airbnb and that was the first time he ever contacted me. And then two days later, we were 100% like it was going to happen. Yeah. Okay, so I have to stop it. I'm going to stop it right now because I want to talk about how like our leaving and we didn't know about the loan. We didn't know about any of that if it was going to actually go through the whole trip down. <laughs> the free fall. The free, basically the free fall of driving across the country, not knowing where you were really going to go. Sure. Um, but we're going to leave that for next time. I don't know if I'll get Travis here next time, but I needed him to fill in the gaps for this because I think it was so scary that I blocked out a lot. And, and so it was nice to have someone else to bounce ideas off of um, in our conversation. So thank you, Travis, for being on today. Sure. I appreciate it. Anytime. And we'll probably have him back. And... We announced our Airbnb, so I think we covered a lot today. We went over time of what I usually do, but that's okay. It was a good episode, you guys, and I will talk to you next week. If you guys enjoy this episode, please make sure to rate my podcast five stars. I haven't asked that at all yet, and I've been getting flack from my sister and my mother who said that I need to ask you guys to do that because the more stars and comments that I get that are nice, <laughs> only do them if you have nice things to say, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the um, the higher I go up in Apple and all the other podcast streams and the more it shows to people and if you know of anyone who would benefit from this information and just kind of our journey across the country and what we're sharing please share the podcast with them as well and leave any questions you have for me and I will try to answer them in our next podcast thanks guys and we'll talk to you next time bye